and welcome to episode 25 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm Joe, and as all previous 24 episodes, with me tonight is Mitch. Hello. We've got a pretty big show this month. Really big show? Well, no. Probably the same no, show No, probably the same shit as normal, yes. Our anniversary show, as we kind of debated last time. It's, I trust you. I have no well, idea. December 2011 was our first episode. So, yes, back in the archives. I don't think you can go back that far on iTunes, but you can look on the website. But that's beyond the point. Been a big beyond month. Beyond the pale. What's that mean? Well, something to do with buckets, isn't it? Well, a pail is a bucket, yes, but what's beyond the pail? I don't know. Past the bucket. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could look it up, but that would be a terrible... That was my musical use cover band. <laughs> yes. yes. Anyway, so, so it is the Yuletide episode. Yes. The Christmas, the Hanukkah, the Kwanzaa, the whatever. End of year. It's just weird. Festivus just, for the rest a, of us. It's just a day. It is, isn't it? It is. It's just another episode. Yeah, it's just a chance to have a bit of time off work, really. That's fucking awesome. But anyway, let's yeah. jump into what we like to discuss. We normally start with gaming, so that's probably a good place to start. Let's start with gaming. And an old faithful. Yes. Let's just say bravo, Microsoft. Finally. Giving us a game that we're really happy with for Games for Gold this well, month. You got all you could out of a world of Kathleen. Kefling. Yes, I enjoy so a lot of Kefling. about that. No, but yes, this month, the first one they gave out, which unfortunately you can't get now for free because it's past the 15th, was mm. Gears of War, the original classic. Yes, which I did download happily and started playing straight away. Just jumped online and joined in with someone else and just realised how good that game is. And it was just as I remembered it, everything worked so well. Like the controls just worked. Everything, if you push the trigger in a direction, it shot exactly where you think it should shoot. where you stand and walk and all those sort of things there's no glitches it's just such a solid game where I actually finished Dark Messiah which I talked about last episode and looking back the graphics weren't anywhere near as bad as Minecraft but it definitely was (laughs) old but looking at Gears of War which is maybe a similar vintage game not much different yet the the quality of the graphics is so different like it does look like a previous generation game compared to Gears of War and Gears of War looks like so modern even though it's five years old if not more yeah probably could be six years Jeez. Yeah, actually, I think it was 2006 as well as Gears of War. Wow, so, I mean, it's amazing how good that looks for its time. But I've got to pay something to PC gamers. Not that I'm a PC gamer myself, so I just can't be bothered maintaining a gaming PC. But I did have to resort to some YouTube clips to get through some levels. <laughs> and needless to say, it looks very nice on a PC. Okay. Like, the quality of the graphics look modern. Yeah. Like, it looks like current gen, like, or, you know as good as consoles got at the end of the life. Yeah. That's how good it looked in the YouTube clips. It's like, wow, okay, that's that's a difference. Mm, okay. Mm. That's funny, because I remember when I was playing Dungeon Siege 3, I went on the YouTube clips to look at it, and they were PC clips. And again, they looked so much crisper than the Xbox version. So it's one I mean, of those I'll admit support. the graphics are better. Fully admit that, but I'm still not going to jump to PC gaming, because I, I can't afford to keep up. Yeah, well, that's the thing with PC gaming. Like, everyone's on about how PC gaming, you have to keep updating your drivers and your software and your hardware and mm. you know, your video cards and all that sort of stuff. But then look at these Xbox Ones. People that have got them have plugged them in and wanted to play a game and have had to do updates straight away. It's an update. It's not purchasing whole new equipment to True. run the latest game. Once you've got that Xbox One, everything will play for the next five years. Yeah. If it survives. Do you think it will? I hope it will. Now, I've, I, not that I've bought one, yes. but that's, it's, it's the team I'm going to barrack for. Yeah. You know, it's... It's the wagon you're hitching your horses to. That's the perfect analogy. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, I, I've never even actually seen an Xbox One. You've had a bit of a hands-on with them. Yeah. Well, you know someone that's got one. Yeah, and I, I sat in the lounge that it was in. Yeah. That's about it. And the main thing that when you came back to me and said, Xbox One's all right, but it doesn't stream media. At the For moment, me, that was media. like, well, well, I'm not going to buy one if it doesn't stream media. I mean, that's what most of my... Well, I've got the two, as we've mentioned. And yep. one in the lounge mainly is a media center. Yep. The only reason I game on it is because that's where the big tally's attached to. Yeah, exactly. But apart from that, yeah, I um, there's no real... There's nothing at the moment. Besides Peggle 2, which is not a game changer. Yeah. That's not what I'm going to buy. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing in it that it's doing now that I need to update my console. Yeah. It, it seems a bit silly to buy a $500 system to play a $12 game. That's uh, very tempting now. Yes. More Peggle. All right. But other than Gears of War, the other free title this month... Yes. was just this week is Shoot Many Robots. 
which they say is a four-player cooperative shooter. Uh I've downloaded it. I'm not sure if that means you have to have four players to be able to play it or whether you can play it alone. But as I said, it was free. I've downloaded it and I figured I'd give it a go. I probably could delete stuff, but my space is premium at the moment. It's it's an arcade title, so it's very small. Maybe I'll grab it then. Yeah, so it's... yeah. Yeah. But then speaking of space on the hard drive... Yeah... I've fallen victim to a couple of sales that the Xbox has had over the last few weeks. Not victim. It's an opportunist. Oh, exactly. But now I've I've filled up the hard drive with some other stuff. After you guys raved about how good Blood Dragon was, they had that sale, and I picked that up for $3.73, so last of the big spenders there and despite the fact that i didn't like the demo all that much i figured the demo's the first three dollars bit yeah. and it's, it's it's probably the worst bit of the game so that's fine you get through it it's just unfortunately the you know the tutoring part of the game where this is how the game plays you have to go through that to get to the game yeah yeah which is i guess a bit of a shame but then everyone raved about it i should give it another go so i thought three dollars why not three and a close to four dollars but yes but then on top of that the sales have just continued and you actually put me onto it the other week and said the scott pilgrim game's on sale mm. and you would bought that and i thought well hang on i don't mind the look of this and i like the sort of side scrolling beat-em-up so i may as well download that and we played the first level got to the first boss yeah and i probably, I'll probably touch never touch it again <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that was I mean, it was, it was fine i mean i'm being a comic fan that I am, I like to try and buy or play all the comic games I can. And I was I was hoping it was a bit more... It's exactly what it is, what it should be, yep. but it's not what I want. Like, well, I, I wanted more of a storyline with the game, but it was actually... It was a piss take or homage, homage to Streets of Rage yeah. and those sort of games. Yep. And it's exactly was that. Where yeah, exactly. you get the same bosses, you keep going and you keep hitting them and nothing changed. And, and exactly what it should be, because that's what it was pretending to be, but it was just like, oh, there was no real humour yep. in it. I was hoping to get something a bit meta out of it to be wanky but well i think you probably want a scott pilgrim the movie game rather than scott pilgrim the comic game don't you? no but even the comics got a story true you want that level of meta to it to make it worthwhile beating up yeah you know countless minions and going all right boom 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 so you spend five minutes getting to the boss you beat the boss and that's that's it there's i don't know it just to me it wasn't the end wasn't worth playing through to like to get to the boss it wasn't worth going through all those guys yeah but then when you look at his streets of rage and it's exactly Final that. Fight and that sort of so stuff, it's perfect gonna, it's, it's, yeah. it's exactly what it says it is yeah. unfortunately that's not what i want to play i just because yeah. the movie was so meta and clever 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 <laughs> Clever. The movie was so clever. The movie was so clever. Yeah. And the comic was clever because it ha- what it had and it's got levels and layers. Yeah. Same thing. Where the comic didn't, and neither did Streets of Rage or any yeah, of those exactly. games. It doesn't have any of those layers. And this maybe I'm I'm demanding too much. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Yes, but it just wasn't as fun as I was I was hoping it to be. Yeah. But like we, as I said, we got. A little bit, what, half an hour, 45 minutes, yeah. probably. And yeah, it, that was, what, less than $2? Something stupid like that. And they also had uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger on sale for Which a I little bit I missed. more. It's gone now, isn't it? Yeah, because we were and having our usual weekly catch-up and we are looking at it. And then you went home and I was like, ah, oh, bugger it, I'm just going to download it. And then I texted you saying, I've downloaded it, but I wasn't sure if you were going to download it. No, I haven't. I'm not sure how much, whether there's any multiplayer in that or not, or whether that's just purely a... A one-person Wild West shooter. I think it's, yeah, it's a short storyline game. And yeah. I like that. I kind of dig the Wild West genre. Yep. And I, you dig it so much, you finish Well, I Red didn't Death. finish Red Dead. That's what it, my point is, that Red Dead was just too much story. And I got to a point where I'd played God knows how many hours. Seven. And, no, it was probably more than that. I reckon I almost played seven hours in one session, just skinning animals and picking wildflowers. But yeah, I, I wanted a more compact story, and from all accounts gunslinger is that so yep. yeah i'm looking forward to playing that when i eventually get to it well i did buy a game of digital during a sale as well you did i bought fast and furious okay yeah now was this pre paul walker's untimely death pre paul walker yes. so it wasn't a tribute it wasn't a tribute no it, it's broken i'll admit that and i knew it was going in I, i've read reviews and i've heard reviews and it's not the greatest of games i understand that but i don't mind a a quick racer which it was and it was down to like $12 or something because I heard it was like a full $60 game here I think as a disc yeah I think so and yeah I heard like in America it was the $50, $40 game or something and they said it's not worth that so yeah. when it got down to a digital $12 game it's like yeah, I can afford that and it's okay it's objection based racing one is win the race one is get rid of the cops one is drive around with safes attached to the back of your car so which is cool so that's the only reason you want it as to that I mean I love the movies and the fact you can play little segments of movies is kind of funky Yeah. so far it was fun enough I'm just doing a race at the moment which I can't get past the next level so I'm sort of like getting angry at the game but okay. yeah, it's a broken racer. Is it made by Vin Diesel's Game Studios? I have no idea. I see. Probably doesn't hold up to the wheel man, then does it? 
Did anyone ever play that? I played the demo. Yeah, I played the demo too. I don't think you can even buy that anymore. I haven't seen it in the shops for a long time. Probably not. Maybe they're in some landfill with the ET cartridges. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Yes. But yes, another thing that you picked up in the sale that I also picked up for, I think it was a dollar twenty-seven or something, was the old Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up playing it for an hour and a half, <laughs> remembering elements of it. It was like, oh yeah, so it was very nostalgic. I mean, I don't know if you can give it to a kid today and say, here, play this, this is awesome. They're going, this is shit. But I really got into it more than I've got into a lot of other games I've played lately. It was, it was fun to go back, but yeah, like nostalgia is one hell of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, as I said, I bought it because it was almost free. And it probably is something I will sit down one day and have a go of. Because I remember I picked up Castlevania Symphony of the Night in one of the sales ages ago, cheaply. And then I finally got around to playing that on the weekend because I was sitting around thinking, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of time. I don't want to start something long. I just want something quick. And it was pretty quick. And I got to the point where I died and I thought, great, I'll continue and it didn't give me a continue option i had to start again from the very beginning and i was like oh fuck that i'm gonna play something else yeah but that that's a bit of a shame but yes but speaking of xbox sales they have just announced the countdown to 2014 sale and they've got daily deal of each of the 14 days till christmas or end of the year or some bullshit i don't know what it is and they've also got a, a couple of games that are discounted for the whole two weeks and i picked up Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think it is. Or, well, I bought it on my US account, so with the conversion of the US dollar, because you know, the US dollar's actually just skyrocketed compared to the Australian dollar, I think it cost me $6.48. Where if you're buying the Australian, I think it's $8. Yeah, not so, much more, so. yeah exactly. And get on, if you're hearing us now, get onto it now, because it's being taken down from the store in the next month or so. So you won't be able to get it again. Yeah, it's on sale now, but it's going. And what's the reasoning for that? No Licensing like, issues or something? Maybe I have no idea. I just uh, there was an article about it the other day saying if you want it, get it now. So okay. Yeah, I'd be, I'd been keen to pick this up for a little while. I I like my fighting games. I have got Marvel vs. Capcom two, and I have played that for quite a bit, and I still have zero achievements out of that game, which frustrates well, me no end. Sale too, and that's yeah, like you can pick that up for really cheap too. But this one I think is the more modern Street Fighter engine, yes. so it's a bit more three D ish. I'm not sure what the difference between Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom and just straight Marvel vs. Capcom. I think Ultimate's actually meant to be the better one. From memory, uh, yeah, it is. But, but I'm not sure if that means there's extras or whether they're just in their Ultimate costumes. Characters. It was definitely the newer game. Yeah. It's just what was in it, I'm not sure. I think it's the equivalent of, say, Street Fighter 4 and Super Street Fighter 4 that they just tweak it slightly. Okay. But yeah, the game itself was on sale. There's a bunch of DLC packs that are on sale that I haven't bothered with, but I figured I should probably try the game before I jump in and buy DLC. But I think they're just like skins. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. Other than that, that's about the only gaming I've been doing. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Anything else from you, Mitch? Um, Puzzle Quest. I wanted a quick game. I started <laughs> playing and then I looked at how long to beat because I went through a few games just to see, oh, what can I do quickly? And that's like 60 hours or something stupid. But it's something I can play in bursts. So that's, yeah. yeah, so just having games on the hard drive is making things easier just to jump back and forth between a bunch of things, that's yeah. for sure. I was so tempted yesterday, actually, when they announced this countdown sale. The first thing they had was Borderlands 2 on demand. And I thought, well, I've got it on disc is it worth paying a little bit to get it on demand and, and just have it sit on the hard there. drive? And then I thought, well, I'm just being lazy. If I ever want to play it, I can just you know stand up and walk two metres to the TV and put the disc in. Well, I thought that too, and I think, no, the game is a time sink. Yes. And I literally... My world just stops when I start playing that game. Yeah. So I probably need it out of the machine every now and then. So, yeah, so it's probably good I don't. Yeah. And I could spend that $7 elsewhere or so, $14 or whatever it was. Well, it's weird. It's Again, it's the American store they had it for $7.49 or $7.87 or something. But the Australian store was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's pretty much. But then it's the equivalent because they say it's 75% off sale and obviously the starting point is more expensive here in Australia than it's it was. Calculus, yeah. yeah. It's the Australia taxes we like to mention. But that's that, plenty of gaming that is our gaming we well one thing I want to point out actually King the company that makes Candy Crush yep. they're spruiking a new game which looks awfully like Peggy really Yes. I'm not touching it. I'm a purist. I'm not going to jump into one of their cutesy versions of Peggle, letting people know that that's out there, and okay. I'm not jumping on What's it called? I don't Poggle? Know. No. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Zinger. Yes. But, yeah, so I was like, oh, it's a very cartoony version of Peggle. I was like, oh, god damn, no. Peggle's pretty cartoony anyway. Yeah, but the balls aren't. This is all sort of... <laughs> you'd have to see it to understand. Okay, all right. It surprises me that there wasn't Peggle clones. There probably is, but it's just that I've got the real thing. I've never had to look for a Peggle clone. Well, there's nothing even close. So I remember at the time I was looking and I got Peggle on my first iPhone. It was one of the first things I got because I got it on the DS back in the day. Yeah, I can like, imagine you bring it over on the DS and me being a dickhead. 
addicted to it just by it on the DS. And I went looking for similar games on the iPhone back in the day when there weren't that many apps. It was like only like 400,000, 500,000 apps back then. Now what is there, 4 billion? <laughs> couldn't yeah. even think but um yeah there were a lot of really cheaply made like probably one guy in his basement made peggle clones and they just were nowhere near as good obviously didn't have nipples on the j's no yeah there's not much else like like seriously there was no one got even close and maybe mm. they couldn't or yeah, maybe the engine's too hard to base on that the physics of always making it go in the lowest hole when you need <laughs> a lot of money to finish yeah it was bizarre <laughs> it's like you think someone you think zinger would have you would think so because zinger are the masters of like Stealing. ripping off games yeah yeah who knows? Well, speaking of gaming, other than actually playing games, we did watch a gaming television program. Podcast favourite, Charlie Brooker. Yes. They announced that he was going to be doing a How Video Games Changed the World special. Sort of end of generation. Yeah, kind of. Sort of. It was very much a history of gaming. It was. It, it was very now. different to how I expected it to yeah, be. Yeah, it was like a top 25, almost. It had 25 things. I think it? it did, yeah. It had a countdown. And chronological But it was chronological. Yeah. yeah, it was sort of like, oh, it started with Pong, and then it went to this, and then Pac-Man, and Donkey Kong and Super Jumpman or whatever and Mario and, yeah there yeah. did seem to be a big jump he was talking about 80s games and then all of a sudden he was like mid 90s well so. if you know your gaming history there was a the death of the, the console death happened that's true and it didn't come back until the Super Famicom or the yeah. original Nintendo it did die between the Commodore like the Atari 2600 and the Commodore there was a boom back then and it, it died right. like the, something happened I'm not sure what can't remember I shouldn't know yeah. but yeah it wasn't until the Nintendo came back came out yep. the NES and it sort of came changed back. the world yeah. yeah it was a good show I don't know if I would rate it quite as high as some of Charlie Brooker's other stuff it was, yeah it was pretty I, weak compared to his I others. think he was just trying to be a little bit too smug well with his number one yes because yeah. I mean it was it wasn't really a countdown there was a count there was 25 things in there but when it came to number one it's like what are you going to talk about and his number one was Twitter and it was all how Twitter's a game because it's all about you go out there make a post to get as many people to like it and have as many followers as possible and to have get, get as many retweets and it's all a game and it's like I see what you did there yeah I just don't care exactly like I sat through all of this so you could do a really yeah we sat through 90 minutes of them just to do a a smug sort of oh look Twitter's a game yeah Yeah, which was a bit of a shame because he's done other things before about computer games and TV and they've been better yeah Uh, still good yeah exactly don't get us wrong it's it's still worth watching if you're a Charlie Brooker fan you will get a lot out of it it's just probably not in the top 5 Charlie Brooker TV specials no which is a bit of a shame now other than watching television and gaming been to the movies this month Mitch I'd like to say I have I cannot remember. I honestly, you put the list out to say, what movies have you seen? I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I'll say no until I tell you I remembered something. But I did, yeah, I don't know. Well, I've actually made the trek to the cinema twice. Twice? In the same week. Well, that's why I haven't gone. Because yeah. you've gone, that would ruin it. We can't both go. So my wife and I actually took advantage of the fact that we have live-in babysitters and we went out and we saw the new Hunger Games sequel, Catching Fire. And? And I highly recommend it. You like the first one? Yes, I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. We talked about your views on the first one last month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, we really enjoyed it. And here is my Joe being a hypocrite. We went to the cinema and I actually had pizza in the cinema. And I must say the pizza in the cinema wasn't bad. Yeah? Yeah, it was good. I had greasy cheesy fingers and I wiped them on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yes. But the deal they have, if you're a local Melbourne person, Northland Cinemas. Northlands. It will cost you nineteen dollars fifty to go to the movies and it will cost you five dollars fifty for a chop top. Mm-hmm. But for $25, you can get a pizza deal where you get a ticket to the movies, a little personal pizza, as they like to call it, which is like a little four-slice pizza, a chock top, and a bucket of drink. So basically, you're getting a free pizza and drink for I like an impersonal price. pizza, personally. Yeah. But no, it, it was all right. It was Eagle Boys. It's the first time I've had an Eagle Boys pizza. And yeah, it was not bad. So your review of the movie is talking about pizza. Well, I don't want to go spoilery. <laughs> oh, okay. But I will say there was... One slice had a little bit less olives on than the others. <laughs> so, yes. But, no, it was a really good movie. It was... Yeah, there was enough different to the first one to keep it interesting. One thing I did notice, though, that when they actually got back into the games themselves, in the first movie, they're very much... This is a reality TV show, and they sort of cut to reactions of the people in the districts to see how their their volunteers going in the, mm. in the Hunger Games. Once the Hunger Games starts in the second movie, there's no cutting away. It's constant for yep. the whole second act or third act of the movie. So, yes. But well-acted effects are really good. There's a couple of bits that just I wasn't expecting and got a really good reaction out of. So, Darling's yeah, in it for Lawrence, isn't it? Yeah. And it was funny because there was a bunch of teenage boys behind us sitting there going, oh, she's hot. Oh, she's Fapping. really hot. They yeah, they were carrying on about no. it. And my wife turned around and was, used her mum voice and went, shush, boys, we're trying to watch the movie. And then they shut up. Oh, so yes. Works on teenagers and three and six-year-olds. 
But yes, speaking of the three and six-year-olds, the other movie I did go and see this month was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the first one? I have seen the first one. Did you like the first one? I did. My six-year-old watched it at school because mm-hmm. it was... Here we are in Melbourne weather and summer and it was pouring with rain, so they had a video day where they stayed in class and watched a movie and they watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And he came home and tried to explain what movie he'd watched and I had no idea. He was like, it's the movie where it rains hamburgers. And I was like, hmm... <laughs> And then we worked out what it was, so yeah, we dug up a copy of the first one just so he could watch the end of it, because they didn't get to watch all of it at school, and they quite liked it, and my three-year-old thought it was really funny, and when we asked him what his favourite bit was, he said, raining hamburgers, so obviously it's something that resonates with children. <laughs> but the second one was, was pretty good. The first one has Mr. T as one of the voices, but they've actually bumped him for Terry Crews in the sequel, oh. which was a bit of a shame. I've only seen the trailer for the second one and that strawberry looks dreamy. He looks awesome. <laughs> is it a great character? It's pretty cool. He's, yeah. he's a fairly minor character. It just looks great. The, the character himself is, is minor, but the whole premise is there's like they create food weather and then it goes out of hand, but then it becomes sentient. So they have like you know, living animal foods. Like the design work looked amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Only in the trailer that I've seen, but yeah. It's quite interesting though because... Most of the voices that are in it are people that you wouldn't associate with being in a kid's film. Like there's Bill Hader and Andy Samberg, Will Fort, Forte, however he pronounces his name. Saturday Night Live people. A lot of Saturday Night Live people, yeah. But it works. And Kristen Wiig. She wasn't in it, thank God. Anna Faris is in it. And I know the name Anna Faris, but I can't Scary think movie. I've ever seen it. Oh, of course, yeah. And I think she was in House Bunny or House yes. Mother or something like that. Again, House Bunny. Yeah. But no, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's one of those movies where your kids will get something out of it and there's enough adult content in it for the adults to love as well there's one quite funny bit he's got a monkey as a sidekick and they're drawing a picture with like a crayon and then the monkey comes up and smears a brown mark over it and one of the characters is like where did the monkey get that brown crayon from and then they all kind of realize what he's done and, <laughs> and the kids sort of just sat there and yeah, my wife had a bit of a snicker at that so yeah that was good but yeah that was fun and that was a bit of a, a family day out on the cheap as well because epping cinemas had a one dollar ticket fan appreciation day well they've just recently redone up the cinemas there so yeah. i think they were sort of saying come and have a cheap please come and, and visit us <laughs> but annoying as it is they're still renovating and there was no toilets in the cinema well, i don't like it in the cinema. <laughs> i mean mind you i don't like to miss any part of the movie but i need a shit but i mean I'd, actually that's quite innovative <laughs> But yeah, it's annoying. If you had to go out and go to the toilet, you had to leave the cinema, go down the escalator, and go into the shopping centre to use their toilet. That's why it's a dollars. Yeah, I think that's why it was. And we stupidly decided we should book online just in case it sold out. And we paid like a dollar for the tickets and then $4.50 booking fee on top. So it still cost us Sucker. 10 bucks to go to the movies. But still, it was fun. And it was good to go out with kids, which was nice. Other than that, I haven't had any cinema viewing. I've watched a couple of movies at home. Yeah. And we've watched, as I said, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 1. So another fairly modern movie. A new release DVD that I actually watched and I was really excited to watch was Elysium. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards... Which is not Oblivion. Which is not After Earth. No. No? <laughs> Definitely wasn't Oblivion. I really enjoyed Oblivion. Yeah. I hated Elysium. Ooh. It just felt like it dragged. It was... District 9 was so good. I know. And I was... It, it's a shame because I was really wanting to like this movie and I think that's what hurt it even more. Because Oblivion, you're sort of not expecting much. No. And it was really good. After Earth, I'm not bothering with No, I haven't bothered with After Earth. But it was really, it was a chance to sort of ram home the fact that Americans don't have free healthcare like the rest of the world does. And that was like the overtone of the whole movie. Mm. Jodie Foster acted quite well, but her accents were terrible. It was like it was over. Well, she started off, I think she was meant to be South African and she started off with kind of a French accent and then she had an American accent. Then she had a South African accent and it just felt like it was a badly dubbed movie and they just had different actresses dub her at different stages, which was a bit of a shame. Effects wise, it was really nice. Yep. But yeah, the story was just, yeah. Well, we saw a trailer last week for the new Tom Cruise film which looks Look, almost exactly similar, like Elysium the power the same, suits yeah. or whatever yeah. and Tom Cruise running and it's the same same wife as from Oblivion isn't it Emily Blunt is in it I can't remember who his wife was in Oblivion but I said oh, hang on isn't that the same uh, yeah that's what I thought too cast, maybe. same sort of premise of a movie well, well not same premise of a movie but sort of they're both futuristic so I guess yeah, yeah. that's as close as you get Tom Cruise futuristic hmm but yeah, so, uh, I don't know. Again, it's a bit like Pacific Rim that a lot of people have raved about it and then I saw it and I obviously don't have the same frame of mind as other people. So. Yeah, but I mean, they're very different films. Well, Pacific yeah. Rim is leave your brain at the door and enjoy the spectacle. Yeah, I think this was a little bit... was trying to be a bit more cerebral. Yeah. 
I'd be interesting to see if you do watch it, what you think of it. I will watch it, because I, I, like I said, I loved District 9, so I'm, I'm intrigued. But, I want to see what Bloomkamp can do. Yeah, but the the dude from District 9 that's in it, what's his name? Shelty. Sharp. Yeah, Shel- Shelto? Yeah, I don't know how he pronounces it. No, but he's, his acting My was no. just over the top oh. and just wasn't good. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't enjoy him at all. But Another movie fairly new on DVD that I watched that I was of the other opinion of, I wasn't thinking I was going to enjoy it, was The To-Do List with Aubrey Plaza. Because you love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I, it's strange. I don't know why I watch this movie. Because <laughs> you, you detest her. I don't detest her. You I throw just, up a little bit whenever I mention it. I just don't think of her the way everyone else does. Like, you included, think she's hot. I think she's cute. Jennifer Lawrence is hot. She's yeah. cute. Yeah, I, I just don't find Aubrey Plaza attractive. I just think she has sort of like a gormless look about her. Kind she was pretty funny in Mystery Team. Yes. And she was kind of annoying in Scott Pilgrim. Meant to be. She was just boring as fuck in uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. But then, yeah, I thought, well, I'll give this to-do list a bit of a, a go. And I actually really enjoyed it. Okay. And surprisingly, it was not really what I was expecting. Well, it, it was what I was expecting, but it was a bit different to how I expected it. Okay. And strangely, it's an R-rated movie in America. Which so is like that's M-A, M- yeah. M.A. here in Australia. Yeah. It's all about her wanting to go to college and not be a virgin and kind of the role reversal of your American Pie sort of thing. So it's the girl's point of view rather than the guy's point of view. So she makes herself a list of things that she must do before she goes to college. And it's quite explicit in some of the detail that they talk about. There's no nudity in the movie. There's sex scenes in the movie where they're like hidden under dunas and stuff with uh, Donald Glover from Community. And Mr. Jim. Yes. And he was, he was really good. Okay. Like the supporting cast is great. It's like Donald Clover, Bill Hader, the guy who plays Agent Coulson is her dad. And like he, Greg. Yes, Greg, he, yeah. he, he has a couple of great lines in the movie. And her sister is someone as well. I can't remember what her name was, but she's hot. Oh. And it's set in 1993, so the soundtrack's actually pretty good. So yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with okay. the to-do list. I might get around to checking it out. Who yes. knows? I don't if, know why I haven't seen anything in the last month. I'm sure I have, but... Maybe you've been busy. I blame Borderlands too. Maybe. Although we haven't really played a lot of Borderlands, do we? I don't know. I, I tried to write a list of what I've been doing and I couldn't figure it out. Yes. Damn well, it. Well, yeah. I did have an operation, but that was last no, month. No, that was last month. I don't know. Who knows? And you haven't even been to the Asta. No. Shoot. I saw Taxi Driver. I was talking yeah, about Yeah, we talked about that last month. I haven't been. Okay. There you go. Know. It's a movie Mitch month. It's crazy. That's, yes. I had a birthday. You did. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. No, you had your birthday. Last month was your birthday episode. Alright, so well, that's the first half over and done with, so let's get down to what we do this for all year for this moment. We we talk shit about what we do. And now we can break it down. And apparently, I stole this from another podcast. I can't remember where. <laughs> but they didn't have a top five games or a top five movies. They just had a top five. So we're going to have a top five of the year. Our formats are probably different. <laughs> Yours Very different. But um, yeah, so let's... What floated our boat, I guess, for the year. All right, so yes. I'm just looking for my list. Don't, don't, don't mind me. Because if you lose your list, it would be bad. Yes, anyone who's seen the... Um, <laughs> and he has lost his list. I have found my list. We'll make a copy of that list. Yes. All right. So, yeah, I've got a, a nice printed out one sheet of paper. Mitch has got a collection of post-it notes. Post-it notes made by 3M. I was going to say 3M post-it notes. Yes. Yes. There are no other comments. Only no. cheap imitations. Yeah. So this is our top five cross-platform multimedia. Top five things of 2013. Yes. Who's going to start? Yeah, you start because you've got an organised list. All right. Well, we've had a lot of quality television this year. And my number five would have to be the final season of Breaking Bad. We've discussed it a little bit on the show here. We haven't gone too spoilery because when we did discuss it... Sorry, Mitch is just distracting me by multiple post-it notes. We discussed it. We didn't go too spoilery because at that stage you hadn't caught up with Breaking Bad. But for me, television-wise, I don't think there was anything better than Breaking Bad. There was a few things that came very close to it. Probably things that jumped to mind would be House of Cards I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed this season of Game of Thrones this year and I've also got into Sons of Anarchy finally this year but for me nothing bad. It just the way they wrapped it up you couldn't have asked for a better finale I don't think. Everyone got their comeuppance. A few people that probably didn't deserve their comeuppance got it. 
So I don't know if that is come up in that situation. I, I mean, I've re- I've written down basically instead of doing a top five and three of them might have been TV or something. I've actually got six categories here, so I better okay. drop one. But I re- I did movie, TV, and I just wrote a bunch of things that I liked out of the year. Most categories have a bunch of things. TV, yep. I've got one thing, and that's Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad as well. But not the final season of Breaking Bad. I watched all of Breaking Bad this year. Yeah, I think I watched... I can't remember when I actually started Breaking Bad. It may have been last year I started. I don't know. But I I have pretty much mainlined most of Breaking Bad. And I think that that really helped. Yeah, I mean, so it was like you said, it was amazing television. Some of the best television I've ever seen. Not just for this year, ever. Yeah. With some fantastic acting, great writing, just amazing plot progression. Really good. But I forgot to write down, just as a almost there at number two for television, i got to say, I did watch the Doctor Who 50th yes, anniversary yeah. special and that was so much fun. Like it was just, it was like, it would have been close to, to as far as a moment. Like the thing with Breaking Bad, it was a season or yeah. for me, a series in one year yeah. and it was a journey that was exhausting and rewarding and full of it, all the emotions. Yeah. Whereas Doctor Who was 90 minutes long and it was great. I, everything I love about Doctor Who, there's traditional out there who don't like aspects of it, but to me, it was like, it was so much fun. And it was good to have Tennant back introducing the War Doctor, the repartee between them all. It was just everything about it, and it was a, it was really good. And you got a sneak peek of Peter Capaldi in it, and yeah. I got goosebumps with it. The okay. way they did it, the way they did the moment, and it was just like, all you saw were his eyes, but it gave me goosebumps. It's like, wow. If that's all I got from him, it's like, he might become my doctor. Because okay. everyone's got a doctor. Yep. Who's your doctor? Oh, some Indian guy down the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Doctor Who fan. Like, for me, Doctor Who ended when Peter Davidson took over from Tom Baker. You should watch it then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, see, I, I grew up watching John Pertwee and Tom Baker reruns, probably. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a Pertwee. Yeah, I can remember Pertwee because he used to hang around with some military dude, the Major or something. The major, yes. And he, he used to drive this, like old car yes and for me that was that was my doctor mm-hmm. and then tom baker came along and suddenly it was like this young hip cool dude <laughs> well he was at the time yeah and you know he had the scarf and he had the the big brown coat and he was he was doctor who for me and then yeah i i just i don't know i, I just outgrew it i think i've well, never got into well, any i never really stuff. got into it i wanted to because it was on the abc here in australia at six o'clock so it wasn't the news that was its biggest plus. <laughs> so I'd watch Inspector Gadget or something beforehand, and the goodies weren't on anymore, so I'd watch Doctor Who. The problem being, it always fucking started with Ark in fucking space, yeah. which is Tom Baker's first story. They always seem to, oh, we're going to start playing Doctor Who again. And they start with that one. I was like, I've fucking seen yeah. this one. Yeah. It looks like shit, because I was coming from a Star Wars kid point yeah. of view. Yeah. So I love Star Wars. That was my thing. Like that was what I was into the most. And you had Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica. So these were big budget American two two laser boltsy sort yeah. of shows. Not the best acting, not the best writing, but they looked flashy. And that's what I liked. And then you get to Doctor Who, which I know now is yeah. better writing and yeah. better act well not maybe not better acting, but different but it was just so not what i wanted rubber suits and yeah it was yeah. just so so i never got into it but i watched it only because it wasn't the news and then i never really followed i sort of got into peter davidson a little yeah because he had the cricket jumper that was sort of appealing to me for some reason i don't know why and i never really followed it after that and i've met i've got some really good friends since who are big doctor who fans so yep. sort of vicariously i became a doctor who fan or i became knowledgeable of doctor who when it wasn't on telly Okay. And when it came back, it was like, okay, so there was a passing interest in it. And then I sort of got into it. And with the latest, so New Who, I'm into it. New Who. So I'm sort of, I, I, I got into it. I really, I really dig it. And it's a different format. It's one episode, maybe the odd two-parter, but it's not the five days a week kind yeah. of feeling. And, you know, it's, it's the younger doctors and there's romance and all these sort of things. So it's very for a different, very, it's for a different audience. Well, it's a weekly show now, isn't it? Rather yeah. than a daily. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was daily in those days. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's very different, and I really dug it, and I like David Tennant, I like Matt Smith, and having them all back, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I loved about him, and that's what I loved about him, because the last season's actually been a bit shit. Okay. This movie was fantastic, like, I really dug it, and I am, in fact, 
Mark Gaddis, who's one of the writers, he actually wrote a story called An Adventure in Space and Time, which was talking about the start of Doctor Who. Okay. It was like a recreation of that thing. And that was really good television as well. There you go. So it's a big year for Doctor Who. And there was also something Peter Davison wrote and directed, which was called The Five-ish Doctors. Uh-huh. And it's got him, Sylvester McCoy, and Colin Baker yeah. as previous Doctors, all being themselves, waiting for the phone call to turn up in the 50th anniversary. And then <laughs> sort of go, do you get a phone call yet? No, me neither. And all this sort of stuff. So apparently that's quite good too. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so, so that, that was a that's, nice That's little... TV. Was that your number five? Yeah, that's my number. <laughs> number no, in my top five, Breaking Bad, number four. Alright, so we, we actually agree on that. So, alright. Yeah. Okay, my number four is gaming related. I sat down at the start of when we were writing this and I, I looked back over the year with my rose-coloured glasses to think about what games I've played a lot and what games I've really enjoyed and the amount of effort that I've put into games. Mm-hmm. And it's come to my conclusion surprise that the game that I have actually put the most effort into is Candy Crush. I've got it. If I I look back of how much time I've spent playing, it's probably more than Borderlands. So yes. Well, we were watching, we were having dinner before we recorded and watching some SNL and you couldn't help but twitchy fingers, Joe, had to post some Candy Crush. Yes, as usual Saturday Night Live, the sketches went on too long, I had to get my Candy Crush out. And that's the joy of Candy Crush. It's... Something you can have on your phone, you can have it on your iPad. Like, I'll play it at work in my lunch break because I've got nothing better to do rather than watching Ellen on TV. I'll just sit in the lunchroom and eat my sandwich and have a go at Candy Crush. I do that. We at my lunch break, I sit there and play Candy Crush until they start the quiz in the lunch room and then <laughs> I stop playing and blitz them all, I must say, just to break on, a On Candy Crush or on the quiz? On the quiz. Okay. But, and Candy Crush too, because they say, oh, I just got level 70. It's like, oh, I'll try 350. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 350 was a cunt. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so you sort of stole my thunder. Well, you didn't steal my thunder, because I was going to go through a list of games, bring up Candy Crush as the game I've probably played the most all year, but I actually narrowed it down. I looked at the games I played this year, and it wasn't that many. Like, because with the Xbox, you could sort of go, what you've been playing, yeah. and go back to the year. And I went back to the start of the year, and I was like, that's not a lot of games. And there was a period where I stopped gaming in the middle there, and I can't remember why. And then, I, then we played Borderlands Two for a while, and that took up a big chunk. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that can explain why not much was played this year. I looked at the games that I played, and I it was kind of hard. Like Blood Dragon was really good. Rise of the Argonauts I enjoyed because of the Jason the Argonauts thing. Azura's Wrath was so close to getting the top game because we've talked about that in previous episodes. Yep. So go back and listen. But I think the experience. Candy Crush was so close, and it was like, yes, that's the time I put into. But the reward is not the same as exactly. what I got out of Mass Effect 2. Yep. That was the game where it it's a slow build. Like, Mass Effect 1 was the same. It's like, I don't get it. And you, you play, and you play, and you play, and then you get into it, and get into it, and get into it. And it's so well written, and it escalates so well. And then it's, it's like, yeah, this is great. And yeah, I was getting sad towards the end, going, I'm nearly finished, but I've got a Mass Effect 3 to look forward to, so it's okay. Well, that's the joy of Candy Crush. You think you're getting close to the end. <laughs> and and then there's, a, there's an update and they put in more levels. Mm. Yeah, so for me, Candy Crush close, but just purely for time. Mass Effect 2, I think, would be okay. my experience. Yes, I'm a few years behind. I admit that, but personally, that's my... That's your gaming experience. My game. So that's, we'll say that's my number four. Okay. All right. Well, my number three, which I doubt that you'll have a matching number three, because I'm sure you'll go on a different tangent to me here. Yeah. But we're still in the field of entertainment, and something that I've found overly entertaining this year is the Steve Austin podcast. Oh, I do have a podcast list. Oh, you do? I do, but that's not it. That's not it. (laughs) Well, I've been listening to podcasts for a good few years. Podcasts are for (laughs) cunts. Especially those guys who do multiple. Yeah. Three podcasts. (laughs) But yeah, I've been listening to podcasts for quite a lot of time. Probably I've had an iPod since the second generation iPods. And I can remember first getting into podcasts back then and listening to them and thinking, oh wow, look at this wonderful technology. And now I can't live without them. No. I've got them on my phone. I listen to it in like time and a half so I can get through more quickly. But since the start of the Steve Austin podcast, I think he's only had one or two dud episodes. No, even the first ones were good. Sean Michaels. Well, he was just a bad no, interview. Austin is always good. Yeah. It's the, his guests that can make it okay or great. Yeah. But he, he's always good. Even the episodes where 
he was just by himself in Mexico with just his recorder thinking, all right, fight I'm, with a fly. I've got to put this out just because I need to put a podcast out. Yeah, that fight with the fly. There's like other ones where he's just gone off on a tangent on things. And just the way he speaks, his his personality just comes through that podcast. He's for the common man. He is. For the working man. And yes. If, Sip a drink for the working man. If you're a wrestling fan and you haven't listened to the Steve Austin podcast, why the hell not? You're missing out. Exactly. And even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you would still get something out of it. Because even with his wrestling interviews, he still puts enough in to kind of explain some of the wrestling terminology and just the, the little ins and outs of it. Yeah, it's not inside at all. It is inside, but it's not keeping people out. Yeah. He's not kayfabing. It, no, it's just, definitely. It's great entertainment. He really has a natural voice to, for communication. Yeah. He, he's it's hard to believe he's just such a natural entertainer. Yeah. And he just has a wonderful grasp on the English language. He does, he does. Well, I, I have a podcast here as well. Okay. That's why I've got a top six almost, because there is a podcast in there, but... Is it Shooting the Poop? No, no. <laughs> or Geek Dudes. No. Not those two. I narrowed it down to three. Austin didn't make the shortlist. Okay. Bamp and No Quarters, or the Bad Movie Fans and No Quarters, are the same guys, but one's a gaming podcast, one's a movie podcast. Fantastic. I've been listening to them. Like, we've both listened to a lot of podcasts over the years, and some we give up on after a while. Yep. Some just disappear. <laughs> I miss you, multi-tap. Yeah. But Bamp has not wavered. If anything, it's gotten better. Yeah. And I would never think of dropping it. It's Every episode is worth listening to. So, yeah, they're up there. There's, they're great. I, I mean, I, I wish I could put them in number one. I don't know. Then, it's something that it, when they come out, I, there's some podcasts that I'll download and I'll think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to I'll it get when to I've it. got time. But Banff is one of those things where as soon as it's downloaded, I want to listen to it. Yeah. So they're almost there. Harmon Town's another one that's almost there. The Dan Harmon podcast, which is the creator of Community, which is such a great show. And that man is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a genius and he's unsociable. He's unlikable, but lovable. It's strange. Great. Obviously, I told you about going to the, see the podcast recorded live in America. So I do love that. But number one, which is probably the opposite of the awesome podcast, is Greg Proops' Smartest Man in the World podcast, yeah. <laughs> which he is the smartest man in the world. He is almost elevates himself above everyone else with his... His, the words he uses, the way he talks, and this, and it's just, yeah, instead of being the every man, he's almost elevating himself to bring us up yep. to a smarter level to not be assholes, not rebel and fight the power, but he's he's asking you just to open your mind exactly. a little bit. Exactly. L- learn what's out there. Yeah. And, Read a fucking book. <laughs> yes. And it's like you said the other day, we were talking about something, and you were like, well, the only place I get my news from is the, the Smartest Man in the World podcast. And, yeah, he dissects newspapers and yeah. news and all that. And, and he must just read constantly. Yeah. Because he just knows shit. His like, retention of knowledge yeah. is amazing. And, and for a stoner, too. Oh. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, there's high-functioning stoners, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, all these podcasts, all four of them, I listen to on a regular basis. As soon as they come out. so But Proops is the one where I feel better in myself for having listened to it. So I feel smarter. I feel more liberated. So I guess for me, that's the one that has changed me a little bit more than anything else. All the others are entertaining. Yep. But that one is the one that sort of, I feel, makes me a better person. Yep. So, yeah. So I do have a podcast one in there as well. And you're right. He's Some of the stuff that he talks about, I have no knowledge about. Like... He'll baseball. talk about baseball, exactly. And I don't really have an interest in baseball, but listening to him talk about baseball is just entertaining. You can talk about art. You can talk about poetry and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I'm listening. I don't care what you're talking about. You make it entertaining and interesting. Yep. And you can't tell it to other people because I just cannot reiterate the same way he does. No. But, uh, yeah, so that Greg Proops the smartest man in the world. There you go. Mm. All right. Well, my number two is actually a jump back into television. Oh. I did say that there was Breaking Bad being the best thing on television. Yeah. Slightly different format to Breaking Bad and my favourite comedy on television. Yeah. I can't go past Daniel Tosh and Tosh.0. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned that we are big Tosh fans and the whole Too Far Daniel from last month where <laughs> yes. we talked about Rad. If there's a show that is on television that I, as soon as I it's on, I have to watch it, is Tosh. Like, when you were away in the States, I was thinking, all right, I've got them on the hard drive on my Foxtel. We could just bank them up and watch a bunch of Tosh when we get home. And I thought, no, I can't wait. I've got to watch it. <laughs> and that's why I remember watching the year-end special last week. You were like, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. I was you like, watched it without I watched me. it without you. Oh, but it's hard to believe that he's been going, what, five seasons? And he is yeah, just was... probably... Like, there's a lot of people doing that format of 
showing a clip and talking about. But for me, Daniel Toss just is above them all. And a lot of people don't get his humour. Yeah, and justifiable. You yeah, can exactly. turn around and say, yeah, all right, that's fine. I, I get it. <laughs> but I, I just love the fact that, how good does this sound, that he ends up naked in a clip in every episode and he just does not care. And he just does what he wants to do. And I think he's probably one of the highest paid people on Comedy Central, Which would if not hard. the highest. And yeah, for me... Yeah, definitely rates the number two position for favourite comedy. Yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Now, no. you probably haven't got another TV here, I so you go I'm out on your own. Have and... you got a comic? I haven't got a comic. I, I do have a comic. I haven't read enough this year to say that a comic jumped up there to be my comic of the year. Yep. I think Saga is probably the only one that I've really just kept up with. But I'm sure you've got a few that you want to talk about. Yes, I would. Have. I've got Saga on my list. Yeah, it's in the shortlist. It's just so good constantly that it just should be on the list. But yeah, it's not. The Batman '66 came out this year, which is a comic set on the 1966 TV show Batman. That's a bit of fun. Adventures of Superman is great because it's a digital comic. Comes out weekly. It's 99 cents, and they're short stories of Superman. Okay. It's not the continuity. It's not the New 52. It's just. This is an artist and a writer's take on Superman and his one story. It's a different artist and writer? Or... Yeah, all the time. Okay, revolving door. Yeah, so each story is different. So there's no continuity. It doesn't matter. So, yes, they're not killing Superman or making Lois a lesbian or anything. It's it's like it used to be 20 years ago or 40 years ago. It's just they're all self-contained stories and that's all I want to read. Okay. I love Superman as a character, but I've not gone into the continuity because I don't care. Yeah. Because the problem with continuity is... They're restricted. Yeah. They can't, they can turn Lois a lesbian, but it's too big a deal and they won't. So there's no interesting stories told because they've got to get back to a status quo at some point. But it's just, I don't know. I just, I mean, if they started writing really good stories again, and apparently they're actually getting better at the moment, but these are great because every week I get a new Superman story and it just doesn't matter. Okay. Like, it, it just it, doesn't it matter. It just doesn't matter. It could be good. It could be bad. And if it is bad, it doesn't matter. There's another one next week. So that was so close. So close. The return of Shaolin Cowboy is great. Now, if anyone remembers, a, there was a comic artist called Jeff Darrow back in the 90s. He did Hard Boiled and Big Guy and Rusty, the boy robot. Okay, yep. An amazing artist. He ended up becoming a storyboard artist for The Matrix and things like that. So the reason The Matrix looks as good as it does because he storyboarded the fuck out of it. Okay. And he does he does trash on the ground, and the detail in a rushed-up aluminium can is as good as the detail in the faces on the main people in the foreground. Everything is just super detailed. Takes him forever to draw. He did a comic years ago called Shaolin Cowboy about a Asian guy in a cowboy outfit who fights zombies and things. It's bizarre, but the artwork's so good. So that's actually went missing. Like, it was done by Burly Man Comics, which was owned by the Wachowskis. Okay. And it just stopped. And thankfully, Dark Horse, I think it is, bought it back a couple of months ago. So I get some more Jeff Darrow, so I'm happy. But the thing that I did get the most kick out of this year, I suppose, was Injustice, the tie-in for the computer game. Okay. Which was, again, a digital comic every Tuesday. A new comic came out, and it was written by Australia's Tom Taylor, and different artists each week, but it was written by the same writer. So it had a different look, but it wasn't an, it was technically an ongoing storyline, but it focused on different characters each, each issue. So the storyline did continue on, but it might focus on Green Arrow this episode or someone else or someone else. And there were some just real corkers of an ep- issues in there. And yeah. it was just fun. And because it was set in an alternate universe, things happened and people died. It was like, wow, you don't see that. And so it, it was different. And the fact that anything could happen and that made it interesting. And it was just a fantastic Superman episode in there where it was sort of like almost... Because in it, Superman's a bit of a... Oh, despot running the world now because he takes over saying all right a dictatorship i'm the i'm running it because you can't do it yourself yeah so he becomes a bit of an evil character in a way and him and batman batman's a bit of an ass as well i just don't like each other and everyone else played in the middle but there was a it was a flashback episode with superman being heroic and the superman i know and love and it was a nice take almost as a throwback against the movie that came out this year okay. where it was what happened to my Superman yep. and it was just a really nice issue just to sort of say yeah there was I love that Superman and he's not here anymore and to me it was just such a good issue and I actually tweeted to Tom Taylor after I read it like I read it at night I got because it popped up at like midnight in Comixology what, read it and had to Twitter him straight away so at <laughs> past 12 I tweeted him going Thank you so much for that issue. That's my Superman. Yep. He, he replied saying it's my Superman too. Awesome. So I was like, yeah. So I think Injustice was sort of like a bit of a, a fun thing. That's it's good. on a hiatus at the moment. But yeah, that, that was really funky. So that's going in my top five. 
That's good. All right. Well, my number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump back into gaming as such. Mm-hmm. It's not not a game per se. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Twitter's my number one. Thank you, Charlie Brooker. Stole my thunder. No, my number one is Xbox online distribution. The Xbox sales, the game of the month. I've just found that this year, from probably early on in the year, I think was, yeah, Games for Gold, February. I think it was February when they brought out SSX. And it was, (laughs) suddenly it was free and everyone jumped on it. It was like, you know, Xbox has got this free game. We should get on. It was a glitch, yeah. Or, or was it a glitch? Oh, I don't know. Was it a marketing ploy? Did Could they just throw it out there and sort of go, we've got a free game. Let's see how many people are trawling games all the time and want this free game. Mm. But from then on, it, it was kind of like Xbox suddenly realised that digital distribution like Steam and people like that were going to be an issue. Well, I suppose PlayStation with their big fuck up two years ago when they lost all those credit card details. Yep. What they did as a payment and thank you to all those people was with PlayStation Plus people. Yeah. They got a free game every month. Yeah. I think it was every month. And that was a sort of, we fucked up. Here's a payment for you. So all these Sony licensed games were becoming free, yep. freely available. So would it have happened if they didn't do it? I don't know. But obviously, I mean, there's a lot of people like the No Quarters podcast. They were Xbox fans first, PlayStation second. Yeah. In the last 12 months or 18 months, with this PlayStation Plus, they were sort of, they were turning. The difference with PlayStation Plus to Games for Gold, though, is if you stop being a Plus subscriber, you lose those games. Whereas Games for Gold, they're yours to keep okay. forever. And it is in the last year of the console. Yeah. Giving this stuff away. And it, they did announce it as part of their announcement that the Xbox One was coming, but we're not forgetting the 360 people. Here's these free games. But I don't know. It's not just the free games. It's the fact that they're willing to heavily discount their games on demand. Because for a while, they weren't doing that. It was like, here's our game. We're selling it for $60 and it's going to be $60 forever. And you got to the point where you could go to jb or eb or or one of the game shops and you would get a secondhand copy for two dollars yeah and i think this whole reducing the price of the digital games is a little bit to combat that because yeah if they're still selling a digital copy it's you know microsoft and the developers getting the money for it not gamestop games you know that sort of people yeah so i think that's probably an incentive but over the last year i think i have bought three possibly four games on disc and i've probably bought about 20 digital games well and i wonder as well because when the xbox one was announced which they backflipped on yeah was the whole digital games yeah it was all about not having a disc discless systems and i thought they might have been training training users up to go no 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 you're going to get used to not having games not wanting a physical device because that's the thing people what people don't get what they're paying for yeah. you're, you're paying for nothing you're paying yeah, exactly. for a lease of a digital content on a on a hard drive yeah. that they can take away at any point. Yeah, you're paying, people, you're paying to use this game while it's on the server. And if they ever turn the servers off, you know, screw it. I think that getting people used to that, I don't need all this space taken up with games. I mean, I do like having physical things, but with my comics now, like Comixology, a few on my list were digital only. Yeah. And it's getting so much easier. I don't need to own the physical things anymore. Like, as long as I can have access to it, I'm happy. Yeah. I, I get the experience. And yeah. that's what I love about movies. Like so many people, I love going to the cinemas. Yeah. It's something I really love. And that is an experience that you can't get at home is going to the cinemas. Yeah, exactly. You can see a movie at home, but the, yeah, experience, the experience isn't there. Yeah. So reading a comic, I can read a physical one or a digital one. Yeah. It, I don't get a different feel. Yes, books are nice. But I, I can see that, but I do like the idea of going back into a, a dusty old long box and pulling out an issue from you know back in the eighties and I mean there is just feeling the different paper stock. And, and there is nostalgia because I used to you know go back issue bin hunting and stuff. Yeah. And there are stories with a lot of the comics. Yeah, going. Oh, I remember where I found that at this obscure comic shop here in London when I was on holidays. Yeah, I've got stories and there's history there. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not getting that going forward. Yeah, but um, I also don't have to find space for it all. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, space? It's the the difference of having two, three shelves underneath your telly filled with game boxes to having a 50 gig or 500 gig hard drive. Well, I'm a terrible hoarder. Yeah. Well, I'm a great hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever way you look like. And I've got PC games from the 90s still there yep. in big fuck-off boxes because yeah. that's what they came in. Exactly. It was a CD-ROM in a... F- Big fuck off box, <laughs> and almost still... an A4 size box, isn't it? Yeah. Like a ream size, yeah, and yeah, exactly. 
And I've still got them because I can't throw them out. They're no good to me. I probably don't have a PC that'll run them anymore. You need MS-DOS. Probably. Like 3.1 <laughs> or something. But yeah. yeah, it's sort of like, why am I... And I just can't throw things out. And yeah. they're functional. That's the thing. I can't throw them out because it actually has a use. Where a comic is still readable. There's no... I don't need MS-DOS to read that. Yeah. But I do have some old CD-ROMs of comics back when they, <laughs> when they were experimenting with... Yeah. That was shit. <laughs> No iPads back then, people. Yeah, so this Games for Gold slash Digital, which we've been... I mean, you talked about your digital pile of shame two years ago. Yeah, for sure. So we've, it's been around for ages, but yes, just sort of having the cheap sales and the fact that I've, I'm hardly putting discs in. I, the Dark Messiah I was playing the other day because I didn't have to get up. It was on the hard drive. Oh, yeah, I got that game. I'll play it. And for me, it's it's one of those things you fall into the trap, the same as how you do with like your apps on your iPad and stuff like that. It's You look at it, it's cheap, you think... Oh, it's only a couple of bucks. Let's just do it. Yeah. And it's probably the same mentality I had a couple of years ago when I bought the club for $2 and when I bought mm. like Viking for $4. And But now, yeah, I don't have a box cluttering up well, space. I suppose we've only bought two games at full price in the last couple of years. That's Borderlands 2. Yeah. Which took a while to love. Yeah. And Gears of War 3. Yeah. Which are both probably around the same sort of time, aren't they? I think. And in a way, they were kind of disappointing. At the time. I've, I've gone back and I've spent a lot more time on Borderlands 2. Yeah, which we've talked about. And yes, it's it, it's a time sink and I've really enjoyed it. But at the time, it was sort of like, I paid all this money. And I've gotten my money's worth, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Gears of War 3, which I, we were looking forward to so much. We paid full price for it and it was like, oh. Yeah, it's funny because I know when the beta of Gears of War 3 came out, I played an awful lot of, of Horde and, and death matches and stuff in the beta. And then when it came out, I was like, well... You've done it now. And we pretty much just did the story and then I played nowhere near as much as I played of Gears of War 2 online. And I don't know if it's yeah. getting to the end of the console means we've got more games so it's just getting to a point where we can't... Because when we first played Gears, I mean, I went back and played it again because yeah. I only had like eight games back then or yeah. something. But now I just keep buying more because there are cheap ones out there. So it was sort of like I feel guilty going back and playing something else because I've got to keep going forward because I can't go back. Yeah, although well, saying going back, we did go back and do a few races on Project Gotham Four there. We day. did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Weird, but we had to get up and put the disc in. We did. Quality of the game, well done, Happy. Yes. <laughs> Quality. All right. So that's my number one. You notice there was no movies in my top five. I've got a movie. Yes, and I figured you'd probably have movies in yours, so... I would like to say The Aster would be my number one, but it's not. No. I looked at the movie... And I went back and I tried to remember what movies I saw this year and what were great, and I don't think it was a great year. No, I don't think it was either. Well, like I said, with the gaming, I didn't have that many list of games as well. I don't know what I did this year. I went to America. That was pretty fucking cool. That was almost my number one. Disneyland and having a baby. All there, but the baby's next year, so... So that'll be... That'll be next next year. year. Maybe. Hopefully. We'll see what else. (laughs) Yeah, so I looked at the movies this year and just trying to think, oh, what did I say? What did I like? And I got a short list here of Fast 6, which we've talked about. It was good. Yep. It was no Fast 5, so it's it's not escalated to the top. It should. It wouldn't be. Thor was great. I really enjoyed Thor. But again, it was no Avengers. It wasn't at the top of the list. I enjoyed the shit out of Last Man Standing. Like, it was just so much fun. But not good enough for what it was. Lay Miz, I really dug. I know you... Was that this year or last year? Well, it was in the Oscars this year. I think you but did I see it, this, it year. this year. Yeah. And I really dug it, but it wasn't the best. But as far as, like I said, with the cinema experience, almost was seeing the Blues Brothers at the Astor with John Landis. Almost. But I've got to say, Gravity at IMAX was an experience that okay. was unique and good. And I've got to say, that was probably my, my number one movie experience of the year. Well, that's good. I, I kind of felt that there was a lot of good films this year, but nothing that was really massive. Like, uh, there was probably a few that came out of the blue. Like, as, as I said, I, I wasn't expecting to-do list to be good, and it was, but I wouldn't no way say that was part of my top five. But another movie that I wasn't expecting to be good and I really enjoyed was Pain and Gain. Yeah, which I haven't seen. So yeah. yeah, but that was something that it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be a bit of a throwaway film, and I loved it. I, I found it to be really good. But then the movies that, for me that were really hyped and I was expecting them to be good kind of let me down and I think we go all the way back to the start of the year and I can say Life of Pi that everyone raved about Life of Pi and Life of Pi when I saw it I was like well what am I missing 
and again with Pacific Rim. Like we were talking before we started recording that maybe if we saw Pacific Rim as a group that we would appreciate it a bit differently to how we did. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I was disappointed with Pacific Rim. I was disappointed with Elysium. There's probably been a lot of big budget movies this year that I haven't even bothered seeing because... Well, Man of Steel, obviously, we've talked about that was yeah. a disappointment for me. Not a bad film. And I think I'm I've, in my head, I think I'm ready to watch it again. Yeah. Was Batman this year? No. No. It was last year. Because I still haven't seen that. Was there a Transformers film this year? No. That's all right. Next year. Okay. So maybe there wasn't quite as many disappointing films as I was thinking. But you had Iron yeah, Man there, 3 this year. Yeah, see, that was mm. a bit of a letdown for me as well. After the whole like hype of how good The Avengers was, and then yeah, Iron Man 3 came out and Ben Kingsley kind of was shit. It was awesome. Uh, he was at the end. He was awesome. <laughs> Once she realized that he wasn't what he was. So I don't know. But then there has been a couple of good movies this year that I've missed. And I think I should probably make Yeah, I, I have not seen everything. So, but this is my top five. So, yes. they were ones I came up with. So, so well, that's that's a pretty well-rounded top five, and I think it's funny that the two of us didn't talk about what we were going to do in the top five before we did it. And but we, we share a brain. A couple of crossovers, <laughs> anyway. But yes, so that's us. I did throw it open on the Massive Attack Facebook page earlier in the week. In fact. Yesterday, I think it was, so I probably didn't give it enough of a... Of Doesn't a mean you a, can't comment. Yes, I didn't give it enough of time for people to come up with, and we did have one comment, so... Yes, so that. Michael Dodd replied to uh, what were your top five for 2013, and he came up with four. <laughs> But okay. that's okay. Yeah. Maybe only four were good enough. Maybe one of them was so good it was two spots. Or just if... The- <laughs> <laughs> if there's not five, don't don't, don't exactly. Don't, if something didn't make the cut, don't 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 do it. It's like the Oscars when they've got ten nominees now. It's like imagine being the eleventh film with that many fucking nominees. It's sort of like because you got other years when it used to be five. Sometimes only four were nominated. Yeah, because some films just weren't good enough. Yeah. Now there's ten. It's ridiculous. Anyway, is, is there going to be ten again this year? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's terrible okay. when you do podcasts talking about them because you got to watch all the fuckers. Yeah, that's next year. Mm. Anyway, so so Michael, he's in no particular order as far as I can tell. He did something similar to me, movie, TV, music. So gaming for him, Plants vs. Zombies 2, which I've not played a Plants vs. Zombies game ever. I don't really do tower defense games, so I don't get it personally because I've never tried. Each to their own. Yeah. Okay, you don't like. I've I've tried tower defense, I just never played Plants vs. Zombies. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the concept. If it is the time sink that people say it is, I don't Probably. need it. Because, <laughs> yeah. So, movie, again, sorry, one I didn't mention. Star Trek Into Darkness was his movie for the year. Now, I full disclosure, I know Michael. He's not just some random on the Facebook. Yep. And from memory, we, he was a Star Trek fan, like, back in the day. So, yeah, it's in his wheelhouse. I really enjoyed it, the movie. It's, it's got that wonderful Benedict Cumberbatch in it. And it was fun. It was a fun film. New season of Sherlock starts in. 1st of January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who on Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Sherlock. Fantastic. Yeah, so Star Trek in the Darkness, great film. I really enjoyed it. A lot of fans were up in arms, so that was fun as well. So not only was the movie fun, watching the internet fall in half with the dickheads <laughs> debating what's right and wrong. It was cool. But I think we've talked about it in the podcast where I'm overseeing cities being destroyed. Yeah. Like with Pacific Rim and Superman and Star Trek. Everything did it. That's why the Wolverine... I did watch a movie. I saw the one. <laughs> um, it was nice to see a smaller film. Okay. Where you didn't see buildings topple. It was just like, oh, you can do a movie without that. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek, good. Didn't make my top list of films, though, sorry. TV, he's got Homeland, which I've never seen. Now, not last January, but the January before, when we were talking about things that we were looking forward to, both of us talked about Homeland. Did we? We did. <laughs> And neither of us actually watched it. No. No, Yeah, I I, I hear you. Everyone talks up Homeland as a great show. I just haven't made the time. And I don't think I will now. I think I missed that boat, unfortunately. I mean, mind you, I did that with Breaking Bad. I downloaded the first episode, watched the first five minutes going, this looks really good. I'm going to get back to that later. And it took me five years. Yeah. But yeah, so please, other people talk about Homeland. I've, yeah, heard nothing but good things. It wins the Emmys every year, so... They've got to be good. It must be good. And he's got one more, and that's music, and it's Bane singing anything out in John. So a bit of a cross-promotion. There's a bit of cross Yes, yeah, so one of the other podcasts I do, which is Geek Dudes, we have a segment that just started three episodes ago with the announcement of Tom Hardy being cast in a Elton John biopic. Now, Tom Hardy, as most people will know, played Bane in the Christopher Nolan Batman films. 
Yep. With a very unique voice. Yes. And, yeah, so the bravest of all Daves on the podcast took it upon himself to sing <laughs> Elton John songs in the voice of Bane, which is quite entertaining. So that's well, his music for the year. So exactly. that's great. That's good. We, we didn't mention music, but you've actually seen quite a few concerts this year. Well, I saw Muse recently. So you did. That's what I've been doing as well. Yeah. Seeing Wolverine and watching Muse. But that didn't get a mention in your top five? No, I saw him a couple of years ago, so it was it was, it was like <laughs> more, yeah, more of the same. More of the same. Exactly. It wasn't like oh my god, this is new. No, um, yeah, and I saw Jesus Christ Superstar this year. We did talk about that. Yeah, Sporty Spy, seeing Sporty Spy for That's life. Right. That was that was pretty cool. It's on your bucket list. It was <laughs> <laughs> writing your bucket list. So my bucket list got a pale beyond the pale. Oh, here we go, full circle. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you, Michael, for putting that up there. Yes. And if anyone else wants to jump on after the fact, you can still add. Still add. The Facebook's not going anywhere. Exactly. Not that we know about anyone. Unless no. MySpace does something special. Yeah. 2014, year of MySpace. <laughs> anyway, that's probably a good place to, for us to wrap up this episode. As we said, it is our Christmas episode, so Merry Christmas to all the people that listen to the show or any other denomination religious persuasion. beliefs that you have. Persuasion. Yes. Enjoy your your holidays. We'll be back in 2014 with bigger, well, fatter. Yeah, and we're going to eat a lot of mince pies, so yes, we probably will be fatter. But we'll be back in in January. (laughs) Yes, back in January with our Great Expectations 3, talking about the movies. GX3. (laughs) (laughs) Movies and television and other stuff that we're looking forward to in the new year. And that's probably it. You know where to find us. We're facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. We are the MA Podcast at podbean.com. You can search for us as the Massive Attack Podcast on Stitcher and iTunes and... Yeah. Don't Google Massive Attack. You'll get confused. No, we talked about that last month. I know. Still still don't do it. Yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you in the new year. Safe holidays. I